By the way, do you like Patrick or Pat, or what do you like to be? You know, so my old man's also Patrick, so yeah. I'm a junior. I guess a lot of times I go by Patrick, okay. but it honestly, it doesn't matter. Nobody calls you junior, do they? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Anything's hey, better. All right, so that is the pre-official conversation with me, Ken Cooper, and Patrick Longmire. We sat down to discuss his business, Fat Pat's Cafe and Barbecue, and his path from working at his dad's store. His dad owns Red's IGA in Spring Grove, and now Patrick does barbecue in Spring Grove. Authentic Texas barbecue, that is. It is quite a story, and we do get off on a tangent or two, but it all comes back home. This is Around River City. We'll be right back. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City, and I'm talking with Patrick Longmire from Fat Pat's Barbecue and Cafe in Spring Grove. All right, let's get a, let's get started officially. Yeah, you are Patrick Longmire. Uh, your father started Red's Hometown Market in Spring Grove. That is correct. Did you? Was that before you were born that happened, or? Um. So, if you want to backdate it a bit, like. Grandparents had groceries okay. businesses. Okay. Uh, the country market up on St. Joseph's Ridge okay. was where my dad grew up. Like the house was literally attached to the grocery store. Okay. Um, and like a funny story, like back in the day, like the bread guys had a key to the store, right? So, <laughs> yeah. and, and they came in at like three or four in the morning or something like that. Uh, well, one time they came in and my dad was out in the store eating, uh, like a ice cream snack on yeah. top of one of the coolers and then so he just brings them right into the uh <laughs> brings them back into the house <laughs> it's like i don't think he's supposed to be out here yeah as you're telling me that story I, i'm thinking to myself man i kind of wish that hadn't changed i kind of wish there was more of that right. still totally and i don't think it's covid that changed that i think it's the times no, totally yeah it's been changing a lot of innocence i guess yeah right? uh for all the life that you can remember yep there's been red's iga totally um, did you just assume you were going to go into the grocery business? I did. <laughs> did you I, want to? Um, well, I mean, uh, you know, heartbreaker <laughs> alert here. Like, okay. I'm like, it's not going to continue for me forever. Right. All right. So, but growing up, everyone, you know, I think you assume like a family business like that is just going to keep getting passed down. Yeah. I, I think I just, you know, being in a small town and I probably didn't think outside of the box all the time, just growing up there. Um, I think I just thought I was going to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, then I had an opportunity to move away yeah. and I got to see a, a bigger part of the yeah. the world. I was going to ask at what point, if you remember the moment when you started to realize uh, the family's business path and my path are diverging a bit. I guess in, I went to college here. I went to WTC for uh, visual communications. Okay. I've always been in, um, a lover of music. I was I started playing bass guitar in 11th grade, 10th grade, something like that. Well, that's actually kind of late, isn't it? Totally. I mean, yeah. Well, so back in high school, I was, I was your uh, average small town, you know, jock. Okay. Um, loved football, loved baseball, got to be part of some pretty cool teams, okay. you know, and, and just the friendships that you get out of that. Yeah. that oh, sure. I mean, Spring Grove's such a cool town to grow up in. And yeah. That's definitely why yeah. we're back. But anyway, uh, you know, went to TC. I was working at Festival Foods for a while. Okay. However, I 
had an opportunity. I went down to Branson, Missouri. Okay. Uh, played with a Buddy Holly tribute band. Okay. So how did that opportunity? It doesn't doesn't just happen. Oh, I suppose I was playing in this band called Tumbleweed when I was later in high school and okay. through the first couple of years of college. Uh, a guy named Chris Von Arks introduced me to this guy named Johnny Rogers. I mean, the, you know, that's yeah, how my life is. It's like you meet this guy, you meet this guy. That's everyone's life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, especially in the music scene, it's like you meet one music, musician and then you're going to meet five more. Right. And then it just branches out from there. So I met a guy named Johnny Rogers who does a, a Buddy Holly tribute. Okay. And, and beyond. I mean, he actually, his show was called Buddy and Beyond. Okay. Um, we played down and uh, we had a theater. Uh, we had a five nights a week. We played a show in Branson, Missouri. Well, yeah, really a lot a, of cougars in uh, Branson. Oh man, it was such a <laughs> such a, a a weird. It was it was weird. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, but um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling there's stories that I won't be prying out of you from Branson. You know that? Well, I guess I don't remember that much of it, other than like. The gig was awesome, and then it just kind of never took off. And I, I think there was like an investment part that didn't end up coming through as much as we were hoping for. So, so yeah, the, the Branson thing kind of ended up just drying up, and I moved back home. And okay, um, I, I met a through old musicians that uh, wanted to throw a, like a, a Thanksgiving ish gig together over in Caledonia. I met a guy named Dustin Lamb. Oh, mm-hmm. and he's my now father-in-law. Okay, so I met All him, right. and through that, he introduced me to his daughter. And um, I mean, it was six months later we moved to Austin, Texas. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which so is pretty wild. I was going to ask you the question after Branson. Did you start to think of yourself as a musician? Not really. I think I started working at Festival Foods again. Then I ended up having to quit right away because okay. I had this opportunity pop up. Um, and I mean, basically what it was is, uh, Dustin used to be in a band called the, the Headbolts, which was a blues, fairly decent blues band in the area or fairly popular blues band. They were great. Um, yeah. <laughs> good correction. Good, yeah, good catch. <laughs> Sorry, Dustin. Uh, he, was in the band with this guy named Bruce Tesmer, who is from Richland Center, who has a son named Eric Tesmer, who is a incredible blues guitar player, and he's got his own thing happening in in Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. So he was back home, um, got to jam with him in Dustin's living room, and he's like, "Yeah, I'd bite you down for a weekend." So, so he thought you might be good enough for Austin, Texas. Totally. So. Because with music, I mean, Austin has become a world class city. It's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, you know, what did you think? What was your reaction when he's the first time he said, yeah, you could probably, or did you ask him or did he, was it a surprise to you? I don't even know, man. It just all <laughs> happened so fast. I mean, like, I moved back yeah. from Branson from doing this goofy gig that was paying my way for nine months. Um, and, and I mean, bang, bang, I'm getting an opportunity to go down to Austin. And, uh, every, I think everything I get into, I have a pretty open mind. Like, I don't really set myself up thinking, like, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Because what's the what's the worst feeling than, like, having your mind set on something and you don't get it? Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, there's, I just don't think there's anything worse than that. So I've learned over that. I'm not saying, like, anything. I've had anything catastrophic in my life that's made me think that way. I've just always been pretty calm 
in my thoughts mm-hmm. and uh I don't get overexcited about stuff. I like to see things happen before I know it's going to be a, the real deal. Okay. Um well anyway, man, I went down to Texas and I actually got to play a show. He showed me the city and I was like, "Holy cow." And I had just been to Austin for my first time, is my wife's second time there. And Dave Matthews pretty much go everywhere for Dave Matthews band. Uh but what a great city. Yeah. What an amazing city. We didn't plan anything. But everywhere we went was awesome. Yep. Food's awesome. People Just, are great. Everyone's, you know, uh, we're, my family's very dog lovey okay. <laughs> types of people and uh there's so many dogs in that town. It's yeah. just, you can't yeah. go anywhere without yeah. seeing a hundred of them. Yeah. But, uh. What, what made you fall in love first with the city? And I'm assuming you were in love with your now wife at the time. She went down with you, right? Yep. Um, well, so. To answer that first question, I think just something so different than what I was used to, but seeing an opportunity to continue playing music, which I absolutely was loving at that point. Um, Did you let yourself think that this might be the career for you, music? Absolutely not. I, I still, still. I, I still don't even think at that point I was like, oh, yeah, I'll make a living playing music. Um yeah, I I don't know. It's pretty strange. Well, anyway, so to back it up, then Jamie had to finish school, so she we moved down together for the most part. Got an apartment, um, got me moved in. She had to fly back home to do a semester of college at UWL. Okay, and then her last bit of college, she had a I think she called it a preceptorship. She worked at this AIDS um, services of Austin. She was a public mm. health major. Okay. Um, kind of a mind blowing thing. Like she was out literally handing mm. clean needles to, uh, to people and, um, you know, and, and what a crazier town to yeah see something like that. Right. You know? Um, yeah. So where are we at? Well, you're in we're, Austin. We're in Austin. You're in Austin. Yeah, you've, man. uh, you've played a gig. Eric Tesmer showed me around town again when we moved down. You know, we just a little bit deeper dive, right? So there's Sixth Street. Did you go to Sixth Street when you were in town? Uh, not much. We were mostly. Have you heard on, of it? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's a famous music street. It's like yeah. Bourbon Street or yep. Beale Street or what have you, depending on the city you're in. I went to. There was tons of open jams, at blues jams, and so I went to one of those. And a guy named JT Coldfire was running it, um, and got up there played a song and he turned around and offered me a gig the next night. Wow. And that's ballsy on your part to just get up and play. Well, I mean, that's kind of the point of it. I I don't think, yeah, but still, I I bet, I bet I actually had to wait around for most of the night. All the local guys get to go first, right? Sure. Okay. Um, but then yeah, an opportunity to go up and I mean, blues, if you know blues, you can, Sit in. Yeah, and, yeah. What is it? Three chords in the truth? That, well, that's country. Or, I well, that's suppose, country. But, okay. Yeah, okay. But blues is right there with okay, it. Yeah, okay. totally. Um, and I mean, shout out to Dave Orr. Dave Orr's damn jam and, and, uh, here at, at the old Nighthawks tap yeah, room. Yeah. That's kind of where I cut my teeth. How long were you planning on staying in Austin? I don't think that we had, um, a time limit at okay. this point. Um, like right off the bat, I went and, applied for a few different jobs. I ended up getting a job at a car dealership being a porter. I just parked cars and made sure the lot looked nice. <laughs> All right. You know, I was, yeah, it must've been 22 about this time. So it didn't, no, 
I was up all night playing out down on Sixth Street. Then I'd get up early and go to the job. But uh, you know, you're young enough, and you got yeah, the energy yeah, to make yeah, it happen. Yeah. We're still on the path that is going to lead you to where you are now, which is barbecue yeah. and barbecue and beer. Which I think that you must have the best parties ever. <laughs> whenever you have a party, because you got all of the good stuff right there. Yeah, uh, we don't party too much. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, this, this job is. You know, work, you had that look on your face hard. like, oh, yeah, that does sound like it would be pretty good. Well, but, you know, back in Austin, it, it, we partied a lot more, definitely. Yeah. Oh, and, sure. and, and I started, that's where, you know, also where you fell in love with barbecue. Yeah. It's just so, that scene. Were you uh, a food person? I mean, you grew up in the grocery stores. Yeah. Um, but were you like, I hate that word foodie, but were you into like, all right, I'm going to examine this food or. I would not say any of that happened until Austin. Okay. Um, Do you remember your first barbecue experience? Because you could have gone into the taco uh, lane, but you didn't. You went into the barbecue lane. Yeah. But both are huge there. Oh, man. Don't get me wrong. I love tacos. <laughs> and and we've had a few taco, barbecue taco events at the okay. at our place here. And, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you can make it as simple as you want or, you know, kind of mid- as Midwest as you mm-hmm. want. Um, What's the taco place that I was at? You, it torches. had like a, trail, a trailer park taco. Yeah, trailer park extra trashy. They, is it was <laughs> right. Dumping that's right. Queso that on that was a great, great taco. I wouldn't call it traditional at all. I'm a, but. I'm a taco guy. Yeah, that's a piece of fried chicken on that guy. Yeah, I think there's guac on it. I, can't I think there's that. everything. Yeah, it was kind of everything, everything on yeah. it. So, but yeah. it's a great experience. How did you discover barbecue then? Well, the, you know, the first one was down in San Marcos, Texas, and I cannot remember the name. And okay. it's so funny because at this point in my life, I've never even heard the word brisket before. And, wow. you know, I knew Texas had a, like a barbecue thing going on, but I didn't really realize how big it was to mm-hmm. Texans in general. Um, so, you know, this place I went to is the first experience of me. You know, you, it's basically like a cafeteria line. And you get a piece of butcher paper, and they put it on a tray, and then they just throw the meat like you want a quarter pound or half pound. So you want to try a little bit of everything. So you yeah. probably do a quarter pound of, you know, ribs, brisket. You get some sausage links. Maybe yeah, if they have yeah. turkey, try that. Um, and they just literally plop it on the piece of paper. And then at the end of the line, they have a bucket of, like, you know, just sliced pickles, uh, onions. And so we sat down, and you just rip into it and then you feel terrible afterwards yeah of course of course what and what went through your mind were you like oh my god i mean there's a difference between wow i really like this and wow i want to make this my life how did that process happen oh man that's i mean you're talking six years later after that first meal probably um still in texas yeah, like after having that meal, we were we lived there for about seven years. Okay, and that, like there's a curveball because we actually moved home. Oh, after about two and a half, three years of living down there, I just was kind of having some issues with the gig I was in, and it wasn't going the way I was wanting to. Okay, I um I tr- I had a tryout and audition for a, a different Texas country band. And then I didn't get it, and I was like, all right, let's move home. Probably going to go work for the old man for the rest of my life. That's literally what okay. I thought. Were you married at that um, time still yet? Or? Holy cow. I We were married. Okay. But just married. Okay. Yes, we so were. So there's a lot going on. Um, all right, well, 
Actually, we'll just take a little bit of a break here. Take a breather. Yeah. So how does a kid growing up in his dad's store, Red's IGA, in Spring Grove, Minnesota, end up in Texas as a musician, coming back home and making Texas barbecue? (laughs) That is the story that we are right in the middle of with Patrick Longmire. When we come back, we'll tie it all together. This is Around River City. This is Around River City, the podcast about the people, the events, the places, the businesses that make this such an interesting and great place to call home. Patrick Longmire did call this area home for a while, and then he didn't, then he did again, then he didn't again, and now he does again. It all makes sense in the end, I promise. You were in Austin, you moved back here for a while after a couple of years, and then I'm guessing you moved back? Well, so I was working... For my dad, okay. you know, and, I, and I, I, I was bored as hell, and I think one thing that sparked us being able to move back to Austin then was John Wolf had offered me a gig out in Portland, Oregon. There was two gigs. He flew me out. I did those gigs after being gone for a couple months. Wow. And after that happened, I was like, holy moly. I miss this so bad. <laughs> you know, me and Jamie were like, oh, man, <laughs> we got to go back. And, Did, we, and it's like, can you do that? Like, is that even an option? Like, can we actually move back? Because we came home to Spring Grove in April. I want to say I did those gigs in June or something like that. And we made a plan and we were back down there by September. Wow. And... And was Jamie on board from the beginning? Oh, yeah. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the craziest part is, uh, I'm not kidding. It might have been a week before we were moving back down and we found out we were pregnant with our first one. But all the things were moving. Like I had, like I was getting back with the country gig that I was initially with. Um, And you know jamie got back into her job that she had back down there and i mean everything like i think we had an apartment rented out and it's like well the train's moving yeah we're gonna hop on and figure it out so you wanted things to happen and now everything is happening everything's happening (laughs) Um, was there was there an oh shit moment totally oh man can you like there's Especially with the kid. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's That was a huge oh shit moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did we just do? Um, but I think it was an incredible opportunity for us to grow up even bigger than what we would have up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that that second time we moved back there, I learned, I, I took in way more than that first bit like i just feel like i i gained more experience quicker and mm-hmm. um whether it was with playing music i think the food thing happened at that during okay. that part like i didn't really think about it the first time i just always thought barbecue was cool but yeah. i never living in an apartment i never had an opportunity to like cook it or anything mm-hmm. so you couldn't have a smoker in an apartment well is this i don't want to simplify it but i wonder if you were a kid the first time and an adult I, I, the second time. Totally. It has to be something like that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got responsibility. Absolutely. That second time you going back to... You have to make the money. Yeah. 
to to make everything. And you can't necessarily just stay out after the gig and party all night. Yeah, you could a little bit. I mean, we were gone for three, four days at a time, though. Okay. Not every week, but okay. some weeks it was just a one or two day run. But so these some touring, days, these tours around Texas. Yep, around Texas, we we would get outside. We actually got to go to Europe to uh, do a, a couple of gigs in Switzerland and uh, somewhere in France. And uh, we did a country cruise, and and that was fun. Yeah, you know, I had no idea they like country music in France and Holy Switzerland. Holy cow, dude! We played a like we headlined one night at this like a rodeo. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty. And, and you know, it's so funny. So a little story about that: we were walking around earlier the day, in the day in this small town, and found this pizza shop, and we had our you know laminates, and it said John Wolf or whatever, and. The guy, the pizza, the guy that owned the place is like John Wolf. Like my daughter loves John Wolf, and we're like, oh my god, that's so crazy. Yeah, and uh, she like, or he went and got her, and we met her, and then we got her backstage to meet John Wolf. And, awesome, you know, like everyone's having the yeah. best time of their yeah, lives yeah. at that point. I think that's the best kind of things in life that happen. I mean, when you when you meet somebody and you have a connection, right. you know, you and I, we. I think my curiosity really peaked, you know, when I heard you lived in Austin. Yeah. And now I have only been there once on a vacation, but you get that little spark of a connection. Yeah, man. And then it can just grow and grow, which is cool. And you had a taco. Yes, and I I had a trailer park taco, extra trashy. That's I think great. my wife got hers extra trashy, which okay. didn't surprise me at all. That's awesome. So, these choices to go back to Austin, was it was it purely for your career? You said your wife, you think, was on board from the beginning. Was she looking, was she bored back here like you were and looking for more of what you had in Austin as well? I want to say her aha moment was when we moved home and she kind of remembered what living up here was like mm -hmm. versus, because I don't think she loved every minute of it that first time we lived down there. And... I don't, and, and she's a homebody. She'll tell you that right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, going out to gigs, even when they were local for me, she didn't always enjoy doing that. Um, however, when you get to live in, in a city like Austin and you have all these opportunities on a nightly basis, if you want to go do them mm -hmm. versus coming to back to Spring Grove and then you, are in Spring Grove. Right. And then, if anything, you can drive to La Crosse, which isn't a far drive, but even the opportunities and options that you have here isn't even close to right. the things right. you can do down and in that, Austin. And that's not taking anything away from Spring Grove and La Crosse. It's just their Austin is unto itself. And especially at that age when you have the, a little more freedom. That second time back in Austin... Was the business side of barbecue ever starting there, or or did you just bring the dream back with you? Um, so near the last year and a half, roughly, we had bought a house. Like things were going well enough yeah. in this band where, like, heck yeah, we can afford a house. It was up in Round Rock. Um, my dad, you know, anytime he came down, he would do a little tour. On his own, if I was off playing for the weekend, mm -hmm. he would go to her barbecue. So, you know, we both are, are very much, we've been bit by this bug and the barbecue bug. And uh, so he started kind of screwing around at home with an offset smoker. And then he bought a new one and brought me the old one, ah. like drove down and dropped it off at the new place. So, oh, cool. um, man, I was smoking 
probably ribs for sure two or three times a week. Like pork butts, kind of more simple stuff. I think mm-hmm. I only tried maybe one brisket when I was down there just because that was such a long Is cook, that kind but. of the – is that the the – golden chalice of barbecue is the brisket i mean is that the one that is hardest is that the most difficult to get right it's just the most time consuming okay and especially when you're on an offset um you know you're talking the uh where you feed it with actual split wood versus Mm -hmm. like a pellet smoker okay right um that's like the traditional way and that's how a lot of those guys they take thousand gallon propane tanks and modify them into these huge smokers yeah and that's how a lot of these bigger joints are are running their their shop i gotta i take the easy way and i don't have to pay anybody to feed a fire all night okay but um yeah you know it's just so time consuming you're talking at least 12 to 16 hours of cooking a brisket versus, you know, maybe three hours on a rack of ribs. Right. So, yeah, it's in, and at the time, you know, money investing 40 to 60 bucks in a piece of meat that you're probably not going to do it right. Anyway, it's yeah, probably going to be pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, your first one, at least first few. Um, and it was, I imagine it was yeah. not great. Just yeah. tough. Um, but you know, ribs you can buy a rack for ten bucks or something like that. Right, Big right. deal. Did you invite your friends that Always were locals people. down there? Always have. Okay, so you're the you're the guy from up north coming down to Texas. Oh. Doing <laughs> doing his own barbecue and then inviting us Texans to have your barbecue. Yeah. That was pretty gutsy. Yeah, well, so a lot of a lot of so a lot of these musicians are not from Austin. Oh, sure. Okay. You got to think they're from around the country as well. I would guess most people in Austin aren't from Austin, I bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, the ones closest to, uh, and I I got called out for this, uh, a couple of the drummers who were over, they would always notice that I never had any bass players over. (laughs) (laughs) And I never really thought about it, but, you know. I definitely was more like you're not ever on the same gig with a bass yeah, player. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You don't know any bass players. Though. I didn't know there were other bass players. I don't players. need you guys to meet each other. <laughs> I want all the gigs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And did you love preparing food for your friends? I had a blast, even if it turned out poorly. Like I just, yeah. yeah and we like to have people over and, and mm-hmm. uh, entertain. See, now there's the difference between being a kid and being mature. Before it was go out, go out and party. Yeah. Now it's stay in and entertain. Totally. So that's the sign of maturity right there. There you go. Yeah. Yep. It sounds so much better when you stay in and entertain. Yeah. 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 Still not thinking of this as a business at that time? We never maybe said it, but I think there was an internal clock starting to tick down and we knew that Austin was not going to be forever at this point. Okay. Um, even though we never really talked about it because the thing that changed the game was when kid number two was on the way. And then we're like, okay, it's kind of hard me being gone and you're taking care mm-hmm. of Everett by yourself every weekend, basically on your own. Like mm-hmm. it's hard enough having yeah. both parents there with an infant, right. but right. you're asking her to do. And then the thought of having two yeah. seemed impossible and not fair. And, um, and that's kind of why we decided to move back. But when when we knew that was happening, it very much started the conversation with my old man about doing barbecue up here in some way, shape, or form. Okay, um, was very much happening at that point. So mm. you know, I, we started out with a food truck, and uh, that had shoot 
We moved back in April of 2017. I want to say in, man, was it that fast in June? June 20th was our first day open with the food truck. Wow. We went all out, bought a brand new one. We designed it from ground up out of this place out of Nashville. We, <laughs> Me and Dad drove to Nashville to sit down with our designer. And, um, yeah, we just went for it. You do tend to go all in on things. I feel it's if, – if, if you have the means to do it, and, you know, luckily my father um, has been a rock and, like, this whole time away, it hasn't been an incredible experience, you know, running a grocery store in a small town, like a single owner, like the hardest thing ever. Right. Especially with grocery margins. I mean, like, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah. Of talking about the grocery business. But um, he's kept that thing together and, and, like, got in with the right warehouse at the right time who, you know, invested into the small guys. Mm-hmm. So, luckily... The business was doing well, and he had some extra funds to get this thing off the ground. And he and he loved it too. You know, it wasn't just me living a barbecue dream. Like right. he absolutely loved the journey of learning how to make it work too. So, how do you feel your skills uh, at the pit are these days? Well, I never have. <laughs> our mm-hmm. our barbecue is fantastic. It's oh, it smells so good. <laughs> My wife and I are, like I said, I hate that word foodies, but we're we're into food, and we were going to go to Franklin Barbecue, yep. which I think is the one that a lot of people who don't even know barbecue might have heard of. And I don't know where this guy came from, but he basically became like the messiah of barbecues yeah. a bunch of years ago. Um, we were only in Austin a few days. We only had a couple of days with no plans, and it was literally we would have had to get in line at 5 a.m., Yep, uh, maybe eat by 10 a.m. or 11 or noon. They open at 11. So. Yeah, so 11 or noon or yeah. 1 or something like that. You got it. Um, you've been there. I went there before I even knew what I was getting into. Okay. I don't, I don't, I remember waiting in line. I think, I think I went by myself. I might have went with a guy named Andy McIntyre. I can't remember. Okay. But I remember having it and, and probably not even realizing how great how it, was it was at this point. This is a difficult conversation to have without mouth noises on the microphone oh, because, man. man. Yeah, I'm, I really would. I wouldn't mind going down on a rack of ribs right now. Uh, Do you ever get tired of ribs and brisket and smoked? No. <laughs> and, and, and the reason why is because it's only once a week. Okay. And, and when you have it in front of you, and I mean, like, I'll just be yeah, yeah. picking bits in here, like the little scrap pieces on the side, and yeah. throw the turkey. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, it's, everyone gets so, it's so funny. Everyone that works in the kitchen right now, like, you'll, we'll snack on a piece of turkey, and everyone's just like, oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> like, each week, you know, it's just a lot of, we have so yeah, much fun yeah. in the kitchen. That's cool. And, and it's supposed to be fun. I think that's what, you know, Mike, Mike Hayes is like, if, if you're cooking and it ain't fun, then what are you doing? Yeah, then why why go to the yeah. why go to the bother of doing it? Right. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I think one of the biggest reasons, you know, that keeps me wanting to move forward and like we we've got a new building we're going to be renovating this year and adding and making everything bigger is uh, when when someone drives. I mean, obviously, local people love the business, but when people come from Lacrosse, Rochester, and beyond. To come and sit down at your restaurant to to try the barbecue that they've heard about, and mm-hmm. and for them just to watch their facial expressions, and and you know that like oh yeah, 
knocked it out of the park just by looking at them. And then not only that, but when you're cleaning plates and there's not a speck of meat left on that dang thing, like there's no better feeling. It must be a lot like when I asked you being on a stage in front of that large audience. Yeah. So you said when you went back to Austin, you had a different perspective than the first time you went back. And I did you come back to this area with a new perspective that second time? I came back with a new plan. Uh, the first time we moved, I don't think there was a plan. I mm-hmm. think it was just get old and die in this grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I do really think that. I think that's why it was such a sad reality. Uh, so it's kind of like, really? I can leave? Yeah. Let's go. Totally. And, and, but not only that, but like my dad is full on supporting this whole operation. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, You know, we've kind of been talking about it in bits and pieces as we've talked about your story, but you're a very different person than you were that first time you went to Austin. Oh, man. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and that we haven't even talked about how, like, beer came along yet. And um, I was getting to that. Yeah. You know, I've I've just been lucky enough to have the opportunity to to try all these things that, um, you know, it just it all goes back to my old man. Like my old man's the he's the shit. I I don't know. It, none of it would be happening this fast or at the, at is the rate obviously and the size of the things that we're doing. None of it would be happening without his success. So, um, thank you, Dad. Have That's you said fine. that to him face to face? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. No, he. And he deserves all of it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it's, it's cool. Uh, he does a lot for that small town. You don't even realize what he's doing behind the scenes to keep this whole thing floating. And uh, it's, I won't even know how hard he's actually had to work to make it work. I know it's an unfathomable amount of time and commitment and, and love and desire to have like he's got so much pride in his product and that's why i do too but like for him to keep that thing floating all these years with i mean now i'm just kind of hearing stories of the 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 struggles that mom and dad had Mm -hmm. and and especially the early stages of when they built this new store like it's like holy cow man yeah how how did you have that like how did you have (laughs) enough Oh, I don't even know what the word is like to Stamina? keep it all just, just to keep it all rolling when yeah. when everything was against you, and like I said, just some of these people, and and it's not just a small town; it's everywhere. Everything's uh, you know the same, just different amounts of people and percentages, I guess. But mm-hmm. do you think uh, he's proud of you? I hope so. Um, I'm obviously I'm his number one child. I mean, my <laughs> sister, she she's always said that. Dad loves you more. <laughs> Are you the younger? I'm the youngest. Oh yeah, yeah. that's the youngest. Yeah. It always gets that yeah. crap. My I have seven older siblings, and they're all convinced. They happen to be right in in our case, but they're they're yeah. not always well, right. I'm but. like, well, you should have done better. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he does, he wants it to be top level. Everything I do, I want it to be top level. And whether it starts out that way or you grow it, it's gonna get there has to i mean it's what like why are so why why else are you trying to do anything i guess do you think your kids are proud of you i think they think um 
I think they might realize we're, I don't know, is it, they have a, they're growing up in a unique family and getting to try all these new things. Like they get to run around in a grocery store, play mm-hmm. with the four wheel carts. Like I got videos of them pushing them around the aisles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, not every kids get to, you know, they don't get to grow up and do that kind of stuff. But me, mm-hmm. my sister did too. Um, but they've, they've had some adventure too. They've lived in different places and right. dad is building something. Right. Yeah, I think there may be like Everett's seven, so I you know, might not be. They quite, won't get it yet. Yeah, and I'm hoping they get to see firsthand how hard I'm going to work at something, and 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 then they get to see that final product, mm-hmm. and they they just see how it works. You work hard, you can go and get stuff, which makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, I think we can just end it right there. I don't know. Oh, that was a good combo. That was nice. And that is how you go from stocking shelves in your dad's grocery store to making your own authentic Texas barbecue in Spring Grove, Minnesota. Got to say thanks to Patrick Longmire for sitting down and having the conversation. If you want to find out the smoking schedule and the serving schedule and the menu for Fat Pats, I've got a link to all of that at AroundRiverCity.com. I'm Ken Cooper. Thank you, too, for being a part of the conversation. We didn't talk about beer. Let's just real quick do a yeah. quick commercial about beer. You started making beer. Started making beer. And it's good. And it's going well. Yeah. you know, And I it th- goes well with barbecue. I think it could, you know, there's always room for improvement. Like, it's yeah. the early days of me learning barbecue, but now with beer, and there's just so much information to absorb in that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um I like the size of the brewing system I'm on. It's very manageable for me to do it, um, and it and it pairs well with barbecue. It, it's uh, yeah, and we're gonna have wood fired pizza at this new place that I'm not doing, but Chelsea is gonna take on, and she is just the people that are excited and the people that are gonna be involved in this whole operation. It's just it's awesome, wow. very exciting. I bet, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs>